Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, we've got Andrew Diamond of the Angry Crab Shack, a restaurant concept based out of Arizona. Sounds like a real fun concept as well, so I look forward to you being able to dive in and learn all about the Angry Crab Shack. Without further ado, here's my interview with Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to uh, Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for uh, having me on. Well, I'm excited to have you on any any business, any franchise called the Angry Crab Shack. You know, I, I'd I'd love to talk to people about that. So, you're obviously involved with that with that franchise. Um, before we dive into the actual franchise itself, why don't you take a couple minutes? Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Kansas City, and I still love my Royals and still love my Chiefs. Uh, the sports teams, you know, you growing up, you never forget them. But uh, I have spent quite a few years in your neck of the woods. I am a graduate of Indiana University. I graduated there with a BS in accounting in 97. Go Hoosiers. Yep, go Hoosiers. I lived in Chicago for a couple of years where I started out with this firm called IPC Group, which was intellectual property consulting mainly equating economic damages due to patent infringements. So spent a couple of years doing that and then moved down to Atlanta and was there for seven years, worked in uh, running warehouses uh, with a management team. And then at age 27, realized that I liked the restaurant business. I had a couple of friends that were doing a uh, franchise out of Tallahassee and I kind of got involved with them and realized that that's what I wanted to do. Then when I hit 30, always wanted to move out west wanted to live out west in this nice weather. So I like baseball. I like sports. I packed everything up in my car and moved out to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And that's where I am today. And you haven't looked back, right? I have not looked back. And I do not miss the winners. <laughs> well, no. I mean, gosh, and we're going through here in, in uh, Indiana. We've been we've gone through a pretty bad winter. It's just been weird. And it's still really cold and windy and, and awful. So you're not missing anything, Andrew. No, it's been cold here. It's been 65. That's cold to us. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the Angry Crab Shack franchise, I believe, was started up in, what, 2013? It did. Former ASU football player, gentleman named Ron Liu, uh, he was the center for former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Danny White, when he was here at ASU. He played under the legendary coach Frank Cush at ASU and played with one of the great cornerbacks of all time, a guy named Michael Haynes, Hall of Famer oh, sure. uh, with the Oakland Raiders, uh, won a Super Bowl with them. He was actually drafted into the NFL by the Houston Oilers, played with John Matuzak, and uh, if you remember Hightower from the Police Academy films, uh, played with him. Who doesn't remember uh, him? <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, I mean, it's it, Ron calls himself the Asian Forrest Gump. Uh, he was the first Chinese-American in the NFL. He was playing in Houston when the Battle of the Sexes, Bobby Riggs versus Billie Jean King happened. Then he signs with Philadelphia, played with Philadelphia Eagles for three years. He was there when they were making the movie Rocky. He was there with Vince Papali. Wow. So he just kind of calls himself. Yeah, he's he's kind of been everywhere. But he uh, has been in the restaurant business for now 35, 40 years. 
And around 2011, 2012, he had the idea of a new concept that he wanted to do. And he actually came up with the idea when he was in the hospital. He had a staph infection and he was really angry and uh, thinking about this concept. So that's partly where angry crab comes from that. And he says, have you ever seen a happy crab? (laughs) Uh, So he kind of came up with this concept. And the first location opened in Mesa. We call it the mothership in November 2013. And about two or three months later, I was brought on through a mutual friend. And and Ron and I were talking about four or five months into my employment here. And, uh, you know, I was like, Ron, this is a really catchy concept. I think this thing could catch on and franchise it. And he was like, well, what do I need to do? I'm like, oh, you know, probably open up five or six in Arizona. And, you know, here we are. And by 2016, we had six locations going. Uh, So we opened up and expanded uh, fairly quickly, started getting the franchising game. Uh, have not franchised outside of Arizona yet, but we expect that to happen very soon. But now we now have eight stores in Arizona and should have three more open within the next three or four months. And so you're an owner operator of some of those stores, aren't you? I am. So we have five corporate stores now. We uh, spun off one to a franchisee, uh, a gentleman that started uh, the Tucson franchise, which is about an hour and a half down the road from Phoenix. Uh, We have another franchise with two guys you may be familiar with, a guy named Mark May, who uh, if you like college football, you would see him on ESPN with uh, Lou Holtz. And gentleman named Lincoln Kennedy, who played for the Oakland Raiders and is now the voice of the Raiders with Brent Musburger. Those two are part owners of a franchise in Phoenix. And something really exciting happened about three months ago. Two employees that started with us about three years ago at one of our locations, they wanted to franchise their own location and they just signed their lease. So it's really cool when you have employees that have been with you that came in for a job and decide they want to make it their career. Well, I love that because, you know, the the transient nature of a restaurant is such that most people who work there, it's usually on their way to something else. And it's really only in the, I mean, it happens in the corporate context for sure when you have multiple restaurants, but it's mostly in the franchise context where if you get good employees, good managers, they actually can have an opportunity to get into ownership and kind of go beyond the typical ceiling that you find in a restaurant business. Yeah, it's it's been great. And I'm really happy that they came to us and they wanted to do it. One, and two, other employees see it. And I mean, we, we have the benefit, as you said, there's a lot of turnover in the restaurant business, but at Angry Crab, we've been fortunate enough to have employees have been with us two years, three years at a location. We had one that just had their five-year anniversary. And I mean, we're just barely five years old. So it's almost one of the original employees. We treat Angry Crab like a family and it's good to see that people are noticing that and want to stay with their family. So now we've gotten people excited about the Angry Crab Shack, but nobody really knows what it is. So tell me about the concept. I mean, it's a restaurant, but tell me about the actual concept, the layout, how things work and how you guys are different from other crab shacks. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a shack. So when you come in, it's a, it'll, it'll look the shack a little bit. There'll be tongue and groove inside. We want it to be a dining experience. You're not just coming in for a meal. So the tongue and groove that we have inside, we encourage you to make your mark and uh, write your name on the wall on the date that you were there. So you come in and you'll see all the, all the people that have been eating at Angry Crowd. They'll write messages to themselves. They'll sign their name, you know, dates, anniversaries, things like that. It's, it's really a place of dining of all occasions. A lot of birthday celebrations, graduations, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, things like that. But it's going to be fun. Don't expect to come in and have a nice, quiet meal. It's energetic. It's loud. It's boisterous. Uh, we have sirens and bells that go off when someone orders something spicy or if it's a birthday or, or something like that. 
We encourage people to share food at the table. So when you come in, the server will come to the table and write their name on the butcher paper. There's butcher paper on the table because the table is your plate and your hands are your knife and fork. You're going to order its Cajun seafood boil. So, and it's Asian Cajun spices. So whether you're ordering lobster or Dungeness crab or shrimp or clams or snow crab or king crab, you're going to pick your protein. You're going to spice it the way you want to from spices level of zero all the way to six. Or you could get the traditional boil, which is what you would see like in a Cajun restaurant in New Orleans. And then you're going to get the, pick the sauce that you want. And our sauce, that our house sauce that is made as famous as our trifecta sauce, which is a combination of garlic, Cajun, and lemon pepper. Sounds incredible. Oh, it's, it's, it, trust me, it's, 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 it's a sight to see. Actually, Angry Crab was voted best place to bring a date for your third date because you can just see and realize how messy and embarrassing you can get in front of them as you're eating with your hands. So come in your worst clothes, right? Come in your worst clothes. I mean, that's sort of the thing. You know, usually when you think about going out and getting lobster or, you know, a nice seafood dinner, you're getting a babysitter, you're getting dressed up, bottle of wine, everything like that. Here you can bring the kids because they're entertained with what's going on. Uh, you can wear flip-flops, hat, t-shirt, shorts. We're going to put a bib on you to make sure that your t-shirt doesn't get messy. You can get gloves if you want gloves. And uh, one thing that we realize is families love coming in there because you're eating with your hands. Kids can't be on the cell phone. You actually have to sit there and have a conversation. So no <laughs> cell phone, you know, no internet. About the most it is, is as soon as you put on your bib, a lot of people are taking pictures. Uh, of the seafood of themselves wearing the bib and posting it on Instagram and Facebook and other social media. But other than that, the phone goes away. So just be prepared to have a lot of fun. We do a, uh, in our family, we do a lobster boil every New Year's Eve. And so everybody's eating lobster and, you know, with those crackers and yep. stuff like that, not, not crackers you eat, but the, the crackers of the claws, you crack those things and they just splatter everywhere, but it's wonderful. I mean, you have to work for your food, but the, but the end result is fantastic. Yeah. And you know, some people don't know how to, uh, to get the most meat out and, you know, we're all about value. We want to make sure people get the most meat. So all our servers are trained to open up the seafood for the guests and we call them guests, not customers, because we're inviting you into our home. We'll open up the lobster or Dungeness crab for you to make sure to get the most that you can out of it and that you're doing it correctly. I've seen uh, servers at tables and basically open up every single crawfish that they ordered or shrimp and we'll sit at the table and do that for you. Well, that's cool. So tell me, I mean, so obviously you guys have worked a lot on your systems, your processes, yes. your your operational side of things. Were you instrumental in helping to put those things in place? Because like you said, you, you, you became part of this concept shortly after it started. Uh, I wasn't as instrumental in the day-to-day -day process. That uh, is Ron. Ron's really the operational guy. And of course, we had other managers and employees that when we first started really helped build not just the processes, but the culture. That's one thing that I would say that makes us different is we really listened to what the guests were saying and to what our employees were saying and what our young managers were saying. Because when we first came in, we weren't saying, okay, this is just what Angry Crab is going to be and that's it and deal with it. It was really organic and we just let the culture kind of grow and see what the guests liked and what the employees liked. So I would say really the employees and, and the managers that we had were instrumental in the processes that kind of took place. Now it was up to you know people like myself to take those processes and make sure that uh, there was structure to them and the training and everything that goes with it to make sure that anytime that a new employee came on, they were trained in the right process. 
But I would definitely say the earliest employees had a huge impact on what Angry Crab is today. So what kind of franchisees are you looking for? I mean, you know, obviously it's a it's a restaurant space. And if you had your pick, if you had the opportunity to handpick who would be, you know, your next, you know, 10 franchisees, who, what is the type of operator that you're looking for? Well, I would say you could put that in two boats. And instead of franchisees, we actually call them franchise owners because they're owners of their own location. And we feel like that they're also business partners. You know, they're investing their time and money into us. We're going to invest our time and money into them. But I, I would say two different types. One, you've got, you know, the multi-unit franchise owner that has different franchises, whether, you know, fast food or Mexican, and they want to add a casual dining or seafood component to their franchise portfolio. They have the infrastructure in place. They have the people in place. They're just looking for something different. And they identified us as something different. And we're getting a lot of hits with people like that. And we're going to be at the uh, multi-unit franchise conference here in a couple of weeks in Vegas. And I expect to talk to a lot more people. So just let me interject real fast. Tell me, I'm considering going to that conference if my schedule allows. Tell me about that. Have you gone in the past? I haven't. This is going to be the first one. And uh, so we have a booth. We're there. I'm going to guess 150 to 200 different types of franchises, not just food. There could, there's going to be uh, gyms there and uh, barbershops and salons. And it's, it's just any type of person that wants to go and get in front of multi-unit franchise owners. So we'll be there. It starts on Sunday, I believe, and goes through Tuesday morning. There's different workshops uh, that kind of break up the day for not only us, but uh, the people that are there looking at the different franchises. You can also set up meeting times. So I already know there's one or two meetings that I have on the books with people that saw us and are kind of interested to meet us. So it's kind of a great networking piece and just to get an idea of what else is out there. So it definitely, if you got a chance to go, I mean, look, it's, it's Vegas, it's March, it's the tournament. It's spring break. I mean, there's. Do you really need any other reasons to go to Vegas? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So we were talking. Sorry, I interrupted you. We were talking no, about the multi-unit ahead. type operator, and right. then what's the other type operator? You're uh, the for? other one, you know, doesn't could, could just be someone that has one or two restaurants. We're talking to a group out of Florida, a group that has one or two places, and they're really excited that they like us and they want to do multiple units. But the thing about them, they are passionate. The main guy, this guy, uh, Earl is one of the most passionate food people I've ever met. And if you've got someone with passion and can really identify you and says, man, this is great. This is something that I really want, you know, to do. They're going to put, you know, the effort into it. So definitely you want people with business experience and you definitely want at least someone in the group to have operational restaurant experience, you know, on either side. I mean, that experience is just crucial. But if you're not a multi, you know, unit franchise owner, uh, someone just with with that passion uh, to see a business grow. Are you looking to stay out west for a while and then expand across the country, or what's sort of the strategic plan for the growth? Well, we, I mean, we are in the Southwest, and you know, you kind of want to build up your home first because you get a lot of people that you know, New Mexico and Albuquerque, for instance, or in Denver, Colorado, or Las Vegas, or Salt Lake City, that may have been you know to Arizona for spring training or vacation, and they see you. So if you can kind of stay in your region. You're kind of well known there and you're close, you know, if you need to go down to visit these franchise owners, you're kind of close. But we've been getting a lot of contact from people in the South and living in Atlanta, I'm not surprised. People in Tennessee, people in, in Texas, people in Atlanta, people in Florida. So I don't think that there's a 
you know, area that we would stay away from. We've said we've tar- we're targeting the Southwest, but it seems like the Southeast and actually the Midwest is coming to play. I mean, me being from Kansas City and lived in, you know, Bloomington and Chicago, like I know that these places would do well in any major city in the U.S. Well, so we've talked a little bit about the franchisee side. I'm curious, you know, people listening are in all sorts of businesses, whether it's, you know, restaurants or any other kind of franchise uh, opportunity. They might be curious because obviously you you guys have some restaurants going. It's been several, you know, since 2013. Curious some of the challenges that you faced getting into the franchise space. There's always challenges in growth, right. whether it's, you know, through franchising or going the corporate way. But what are some of the challenges that you've had to face and how have you overcome those? Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, we grew really fast and we grew really fast because we wanted to, but there was also a need. And when you kind of do that, uh, a lot of people look at expansion and think, okay, how much money is it going to take? But really what you need to look at is the human capital, the human resources that get kind of get spread thin because you have managers and you have structure at one store and now you're going to two to three and making sure that you're keeping that structure in place. Going through the growing pains of going from one store to six stores uh, was huge. And we had a lot and we, we lost a little bit of that structure as we were going through. But the key is identifying it. I mean, the first key to any problem, solving any problem is identifying, admitting that you actually have a problem. So we were able to, to identify the issues that we were having by staying in constant communication and by going to all the stores and not just letting you know a store, oh, it's the store's been open for a while and we took some employees from there to open another one, they'll be okay. We still made sure that we paid as much as attention to every store to identify where there's certain issues that we needed to solve, but definitely growing pains when you're, when you're going this fast. And then also understanding that, and this is something that you know we're getting into now, that when we're franchising to someone that's out of state, right now when we open up a new location in Arizona, we can bring people to an Angry Crab and have them train within an Angry Crab store. But that's not going to happen when you go to a place where it doesn't have an existing Angry Crab. So writing the process and writing the 90, 60, 30-day timeline and training plan for someone that's not going to be opening an Angry Crab in a state where there's ordering Angry Crab, that's something that we're going through right now. From a marketing perspective, I know one of the most challenging things for an emerging franchise or company like yourself to do is, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. What are some of the things that you're finding success in from a marketing perspective in terms of not only just getting your brand out there, but marketing in a way to where you're attracting the right kind of franchisee? Well, I, I would say the thing you got to do is you got to know what you do well and know what you do not do well. And Angry Crab is not a franchise development marketing firm. So we went and hired one. And the firm that we hired uh, was a firm called Hot Dish out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they've been great. They came down and spent you know a day with us, really talked to them, got to know us. And they have a really great process of understanding who you are, what you want, and then building ads that will help identify and bring those people in. So I, I got to give a lot of it up to Hot Dish. They did a really good job of taking our brand and then molding it and putting together an ad campaign that is attracting the people that we want. So if you want to learn more about the Angry Crab Shack, you can go to angrycrabshack.com. And if you want to learn more about the franchise opportunities, you can go to angrycrabfranchise.com. Is there any other uh, contact points that I'm missing there? No. And if you go to the Angry Crab Shack, there's a link on where you can hit the franchising uh, website so you can link right over. And actually today is the launch. We redid our franchise site. Hot Dish redid it. 
so there's a brand new franchise side out there. Uh, probably went live about 20 minutes ago. So perfect, perfect timing. Uh, of course, we have our Facebook page. You can look up Angry Crab Shack on Facebook, uh, Angry Crab Shack on Twitter, and Angry Crab Shack on Instagram, which, and again, that's another marketing thing. Social media is free. Use it. Yeah, you guys should be big on Instagram, right? You need to be posting all those pictures of people getting messy with their food. And, and, and we do, but I, I tell you what, uh, the guests that come in, they do it also. They do it themselves. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about uh, the Angry Crab Shack franchise. Uh, best of luck to you, and I look forward to staying in touch with you. Hey, man, I appreciate it, and uh, go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.